0: There are two kinds of verses that support these principles. Some are just generic, general. Some are very specific. We looked at the fact that if they are just forced upon you, we call them a standard. But if there's something that you embrace yourself, they're called a conviction. And uh, the last time we looked at the principle of uh, not looking back. And uh, the illustration, of course, was a runner And a runner is told in a race, don't ever, ever look back, because when you look back, it'll mess up your equilibrium and all the rest of that. Paul said, uh, forgetting those things which are behind. And so last time we looked at the fact, don't look back at your failures. They're under the blood, don't look back. Secondly, don't look back at the forsaking of friends Sometimes the closest friends that you and I have, they'll decide that they want out and they'll walk away. Don't look back at that. You need to keep going. We'll look third there at uh, don't look back at festive days. Now forgot. in other words, uh, you might have had high days, great days, victorious days. You're not living in those days. You're living in these days. So don't keep looking back and then don't look back and see your faith for God all fizzled out. Trust that we're all continuing to go forward. Having said that, Psalm chapter 42, I'd like us to look at another principle of our Christian life. Look there in Psalm 42 and verse number 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God." Now, those opening words, why art thou cast down, that's a statement to describe somebody that's discouraged. And if David wrote this, he's asking himself, why are you so discouraged? Why are you so disappointed in life? Why is it that you're so sad? Why is your face so long? Look again at verse number 11. He asked pretty well the same question, Psalm 42:11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. And then one more time, the very next chapter, Psalm chapter 43 and verse 5. And it's almost identical. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? So in both of those chapters, the writer of those chapters is dealing with things that have just taken the air out of his sails, and he's asking himself, why are you so discouraged? Why are you so disappointed with life? Why are you so sad? And uh, why do you feel like there's no reason to live? I'd like to preach tonight or teach tonight on the principle of feelings, Folks, we always have to be careful of our feelings. If you let your feelings run your life, it'll run you into the ground. And there is something that uh, the writer there tells us that instead of fixing his hope on his feelings, he fixed his hope on something else. Look again, Psalm 43, verse 5, right in the middle of verse, he says, hope in God. So we're going to look again at the principle of feelings. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the day. Thank you for the week. Thank you for the answers to prayer, how you've helped in so many ways. And Lord, I pray as we look at yet another principle that should be directing us in our Christian life, Lord, it's a principle about our feelings. Here, David uh, testified to the fact that he was discouraged. And he felt like he was cast down, and, and his soul was disquieted. And yet, Lord, instead of uh, tacking his life on his feelings, he tacked the strength of his life on his hope in God. So I pray help. Maybe Maybe there's someone here. I'm sure there is. Lord, they just have been dealt a, a raw deal as far as they're concerned, and it doesn't look like there's any light at the end of the tunnel, And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand this principle of feelings. Teach us tonight. Guide my words. May they be helpful. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, uh, we think that it's David that wrote this. And we notice in all three of those verses, Psalm 42, verse 5, verse 11, and then Psalm 43 and verse 5. In all three of those, he is talking about being cast down. He's talking about being disquieted. And those terms throughout the scriptures mean troubled. Those terms throughout the scriptures mean deprived of peace and deprived of rest. It means discouraged and disappointed and almost on the verge of quitting. And you say, well, preacher, you probably have never felt like that. I cannot tell you the number of times that i felt like that. Sure I have. I'm no different than you. Uh, troubles and problems come my way just as much as your way. And uh, when David felt like that, David told us how he dealt with it. Again, Psalm 42, middle of verse number 5, he said, Hope thou in God. Okay, middle of Psalm 42 and verse 11, he says it again, Hope thou in God. And Psalm 43 and middle of verse number 5, hope in God. Uh, I suppose that uh, he decided, I'm not going to uh, let my feelings run my life. I'm going to let God run my life. Now, folks, all of us have been in a place where if you let your feelings run you, you'd have stopped, you'd have quit, you'd have thrown in the towel, you'd have given up. You know, uh, someone said it this way, that uh, um, if you stuck a thermometer in your feelings or if you stuck a thermometer in your mood right now, uh, what would it read? Uh, For some people, I think tonight, it would read (laughs) bored. Uh, Maybe for some tonight, it would read tired. Maybe for you, your uh, feelings would read uh, happy or lonely or frustrated or disappointed. And, And honestly, whatever it reads now, We took another reading tomorrow the same time, same place. It might have a completely different reading. Uh, You might have caught wind today that uh, your job is at risk. And your feelings that follow that kind of news probably aren't very happy feelings. And yet if you walk into the same place of business and instead of being let go from your job, you've given a raise and, and an extra week of vacation, well, that would have changed your feelings. Feelings are fickle. Uh, Feelings are up and down. Feelings are most times hooked to the circumstances that we are in. And uh, you have to be careful about operating by your feelings. Now, David admits that he felt discouraged, that he felt disappointed, but he didn't tack his life on those feelings. Uh, Again, uh, when things are working in our favor, many times we're happy. And uh, when the children have turned the upside down, many times we're angry. Uh, when uh, we realize that we have won the winning lottery ticker, ticket, uh, we're, we're embarrassed. Uh, we're ecstatic. See, Are we supposed to do that? That's a different message. Uh, when a police officer is sitting in the car behind us writing on a ticket, well, then uh, we're flustered. And uh, when we're hired for a new job, we're on top of the clouds. And when we are fired from our present job, we're in the dumps. All of those are feelings. And your feelings today might be different than your feelings tomorrow and different from next week. So again, feelings are unreliable compass to operate by. Now, you, uh, although we should not and cannot uh, run from our feelings, and it's true, you can't. Feelings are a part of our makeup. You can decide that I'm not going to let my feelings run my life. So again, what does the Bible, preacher? Uh, what does the Bible have to say about the principle of feelings? Well, let's look if you would. You can let go Psalms. I think we're going to end there. But uh, John chapter number thirteen, Pastor. What does the Bible say about feelings and their control in our lives? John chapter number thirteen, and this is a short little verse, but it's a great little verse. John chapter thirteen and verse number seventeen. John chapter 13 and verse 17, If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Again, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Do you know there are three obvious ingredients to every Christian's life that's found in John 13, 17? Say, preacher, what are those three ingredients? Well, look at the verse again, verse 17 if you know these things do you know in the last few chapters that led up to that statement we find jesus is presenting a number of facts to his apostles Uh, let me give you some examples there look in uh, john chapter 10 and verse 9. again these are some facts that john or sorry that jesus has given his followers John chapter 10 and verse 9, I am the door by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. So one of the facts that Jesus had just given was he was the only door by which someone could get saved. That's also found in John 10 verse 15. Look there, if you would. As the Father knoweth me, even so, I, uh, so, so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Again, he's given the fact that I'm the only way to salvation. Another fact that our Lord has given in the verses here, John chapter 10 and verse 28. John 10, 28, he says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So on the heels of Jesus is the only one that can save. He's now given them a second fact that when they get saved, they are given eternal life. That's a second fact. I look at the third thing there in John chapter 11 and verse 26. John chapter 11 and verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Now, folks, uh, our soul will never die. If you are saved, although your life on this earth will one day come to a close, your soul is an eternal soul and if we're not here we'll be up uh, with the lord in heaven he gave that fact that the soul of a believer will never die back if you would to uh just a couple verses earlier john 11 verse 23 john chapter 11 and uh, verse number 23 we read there jesus saith unto her thy brother shall rise again how about verse number 25 Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though we were dead, yet shall he live. Now you say, hold on, Pastor. We just saw a verse where it says we'll never die. That's your soul. Do you know one day your body will die and it'll be laid in the grave? But our Lord said there in verse 23 and 25 that one day even the bodies of the saints will be taken up. What I'm saying to you is in the chapters leading up to John chapter 13, our Lord has given fact after fact after fact after fact after fact. Uh, Look at the next one there, John chapter 11, verse 51. John chapter 11, verse 51, And this spake he, not of himself, but being high priest, that year he prophesied that Jesus should die. So he gave the fact that he was going to die. Look there in John chapter 12 and verse 32. John chapter 12 and verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said signifying what death he should die. And of course we know that Jesus died by being crucified on the cross of Calvary. That was a fact that Jesus gave. Look there at John chapter 12 and verse 7. John chapter 12 and verse 7, then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying. Has she kept this? So after Jesus died, he would be buried. And then uh, one last one, John chapter 12 and verse 48. John chapter 12 and verse 48, Jesus said, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Our Lord talked about a future judgment that all of us would stand before. Now, all of those are facts. Back to John 13, 17. That's where we started, John 13, 17. Jesus said, if you know these things, what things? All the facts that we find in the Scriptures. And so if you're writing uh, anything down, this first point, there are three obvious ingredients to a Christian's life. There are three obvious ingredients to a Christian's life, and the first one is facts, Bible facts. He said, if you know these things, now look what else he said in verse 17, John 13:17. if you know these things, happy. Well, now we don't just have facts as being an ingredient in a Christian's life. Now we have happy. The other word is feelings, so we have facts, And we have feelings. There's one more thing in verse number 17 at the end. If ye do them. In other words, with the facts that God has given us. If you obey those facts. If you uh, honor those facts. If you practice those. If you believe those things that God has said. And you do them. So the three things I'm, I'm giving you, first of all, there are three obvious ingredients to a Christian's life. The first one is facts, and the second one is feelings, and the third one is faith, folks, all of us that are saved. We have facts and we have feelings, and we have faith. But I give you a second thing that you learn from John 13:17. You learn the proper order. You learn the proper order. In other words, uh, which one comes first or should, and which one comes second, and which one comes third. If all three of those are ingredients, there must be a proper order. So if you're going to write something down, there's only one proper order for those ingredients to a successful Christian's life. That's a long statement. There is only one proper order. For those ingredients to a successful Christian's life. Pastor, what's the order? Well, the three I gave you under that first point is facts, Bible facts, and feelings, and faith. But that is not the right order. Look again at verse 17. If you know these things, so facts is the very first thing. Facts is the first thing of those three happy are ye if, and so happiness isn't the second thing, there's still something before the happiness. Again, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. If you put that thing in the right order, you've got first facts, secondly, faith, and third, feelings. In other words, when God has given us truth in the scriptures, and he's given us 66 books of truth, If by faith we believe those facts, if by faith we obey what God has told us to do, then what follows the facts and follows the faith in the facts are the feelings. Again, verse 17, if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Now, you find a Christian, and maybe it's you, but you find a Christian that's not happy. I'm not saying everything is going peachy in their life. But if you find a Christian that's not happy, somewhere they're not following the Bible facts and they have not placed their faith in what God said was so and what God told us to do. Happiness only follows the faith that follows the facts. That's the proper order. It's the proper order. Do you know, might I say that these facts are the foundations of the Christian life? And that's what we place our faith on, those facts. And when our faith is fixed on the facts, then we have the feelings. It's kind of like a castle. (laughs) It was pretty interesting, this uh, conference I was at. The whole theme was a castle, and uh, you'd have to know Pastor Percy Lake. He is big on skits. Now, we're big on skits, but he has this running skit every night. And I kid you not, there's about seven or eight main players in this skit, but it was a castle. And they had some people up top of the castle with bows and arrows that were shooting at uh, these... uh, Uh, these people that came and there was a dragon and I I think he liked it better than anyone else liked it. But uh, I say how to get onto this. That's a very good question. Um, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it in a minute. Feelings. uh, Facts and then faith on the facts and then feeling on the faith on the facts. Are Christian lights like a castle? Do you know what you have on the top of a castle? You have a flag and that flag is waving. You don't make the foundation on a waving flag. You make a foundation on the facts. And then on top of that foundation, you have that castle, which is your faith. And on top of that, you have that flag that's waving. It's got to be in the right order. Now, you know, you can take away the flag and it's still a castle. You can't take away the foundation. You can't take away that faith. I'm saying to you that there's only one proper order for those ingredients to a a successful Christian's life. And you know, far too many Christians are floundering in their lives. Good day today, bad day tomorrow, on top of the world today, underneath the world tomorrow, because they're building on their feelings. Feelings is just the flag that's on top instead of facts. Uh, How many of you heard say this, I don't feel like reading my Bible today? It doesn't matter whether you feel like it. The fact is, you're told to read it. Uh, Preacher, I, I just don't feel like spending time in prayer today. You are a disaster about to happen if you only pray when you feel like it. Preacher, I don't feel like going to church this Sunday. You already know that Wednesday. You already know this Wednesday you don't feel it. Some people know it. That's about the only thing they know that far ahead. If you decide that I'm only going to, go to church if I feel like it, there's trouble. There's trouble. You need to go to church because God told you not forsake the assembling of yourselves and watch the feeling, follow what you've done in obedience to God. Preacher, I, I just don't feel like getting the gospel out. Uh, there's people in that's been to this church preacher I don't feel like I'm saved that doesn't change anything the feelings follows the fact that Jesus died for you and you placed your faith in the fact that Jesus paid for you and whether the feelings come or whether the feelings don't come it's it's immaterial What's important is what God's Word said. You, uh, I know that you know the name Martin Luther. Martin Luther, of course, a great reformer back in the 1500s. And you know it was Martin Luther that was one of the reformers that started the Protestant Reformation in Europe. But you know, Luther was also known for writing some poetry. And this is one of the poems he wrote. And he wrote, Feelings come and feelings go, and feelings are deceiving. My warrant, my foundation, is the word of God, not else is worth believing. Though all my heart should feel condemned for want of some sweet token, there is one greater than my heart whose word cannot be broken. I'll trust in God's unchanging word till soul and body sever. For though all things shall pass away, his word shall stand forever. So again, the first thing is the facts. And on top of the facts, we put our faith. And when that's done, there's that flag of feeling, and it'll just keep waving if it's facts, and then faith, and then feeling. Now, you know, there are churches in this town that have that order mixed up. For the contemporary church, that's the one with the smoke machines, and that's the one with the choreography and the dancing girls and all the rest of that. What they build everything on is feelings. We build everything on Bible facts. But they're they're very pragmatic in their approach. If it's going to draw people in, let's do it. If it's going to make people feel good about themselves, let's do it. Feelings are not the foundation of what we do. The Bible facts is the foundation of what we do. That, again, is a contemporary church. And of course, the charismatic church is different again. The charismatic church, uh, they'll say this well, if you just have enough faith to believe, if you have enough faith to believe that foot will grow back. If you have enough faith to believe, then that that uh, that uh, liver that's been destroyed by alcohol for 40 years, it'll all of a sudden get better. What they do is they put faith as the foundation. So I just, if you just have enough faith, it's not faith in faith; it's faith in the Word of God. So the second thing that, with the two things we've already got, is there are three obvious ingredients to a Christian's life: facts and feelings and faith. But there's only one proper order for those ingredients in a successful Christian's life. And the order is first facts, second faith, and third feelings. I give you a third truth that we learn, Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter number 8. In Acts chapter number 8, you say, well, oh, preacher, then what am I supposed to do with my feelings? Pastor, what am I supposed to do And I just don't feel saved? What am I supposed to do when I don't feel like going to church? What am I supposed to do if I don't feel like reading my Bible? Well, look here in Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 26, a familiar part of the Bible. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, and the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. Now, if, if you're not familiar... The Bible says early there in the book of Acts, there was a man named Philip in the Jerusalem church. And because Saul, not yet saved, Saul is persecuting Christians. The believers in Jerusalem are fleeing from Jerusalem as fast as they can. One of them was Philip. Bible says there, look earlier in Acts chapter 8 and look at verse number 5, Acts 8 verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. Look at verse 8. And there was great joy in that city. So Philip gets to the city of Samaria, begins to preach, and people are getting saved left, right, and center. And he is baptizing those people, and that work in Samaria is growing by leaps and bounds. Who would want to leave a place like that? Well... God wanted to believe. Look at Acts 8.26. While this great revival is going on in that city of Samaria, Acts 8.26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Stop right there for a minute. Imagine how Philip felt about that. <laughs> what? God, why don't you send someone else that's not in the midst of something great like this There's no telling what Philip's feelings were. And if he, like many Christians, operated according to feelings, he would have said, I am not leaving this place. But look at the very next verse, Acts 8 and verse 27. And he arose and went. We aren't told what Philip's feelings were, but he didn't let feelings determine what he was going to do he let God's command determine what he was going to do. And uh, you say, why? Because feelings can be deceptive. How many times have somebody said, well, I just felt that it was the right thing to do. So if you'd write the third thing down, we dare not operate according to our feelings. We dare not operate according to our feelings Again although we can't operate uh, sorry although we can't operate without the facts or the faith do you know we can operate without feelings it could be now i'm reading into the text and i could be completely wrong philip may not have felt too excited about this but philip realized i don't have to be excited i just have to have faith in what god has told me to do folks you can operate without feelings You can operate without good feelings. You can operate without happy feelings. But you cannot operate without faith in what God has told you to do. And so I say, third, if you've not written it, please do. We dare not operate according to our feelings. Do you know somebody has illustrated the facts and the faith and the feeling like a train? That's as big as I can get it on my piece of paper. So if you have seen a train, a train normally has a locomotive that starts it, that pulls it, that's the engine. And then here's the coal car, that's what keeps feeding this coal into the engine. And uh, back here's the caboose. Now, I don't think they have cabooses anymore. Someone, and I was gonna check when they stopped, but I forgot, but at some point in recent history, Somebody decided, why do we bother pulling that thing around everywhere we go? We don't need that. So they said that facts are our locomotive in the Christian life. Facts are what determines which way we go, which way we turn, when we slow down, when we speed up. That's the facts of the Christian life. The faith is tied to the facts. The feelings come after it's all done. And you might have feelings, you might not have feelings, and you don't need feelings. Uh, I can't do it because you wouldn't see it, but you would never have the caboose lead the train. If you see a train go backwards, it's the engineer that's put it in reverse. It's never the caboose that's leading it. You don't need feelings to be obedient to what God said. It'll go without that. It won't go without that, and it won't go without that. Uh, another illustration someone gave is a wedding. Now, you know what, uh, as you, we've all seen weddings, we've all been a part of weddings. You know, when that preacher is just going on and on about his message and uh, finally gets to the uh, part where they say vows to each other, and so he says vows to her, and she says vows to him, and, and finally the preacher says, uh, you may now kiss your bride. And so he gives her a kiss. Do you know all the different feelings that brides have at that moment? Some brides are ecstatic. I mean, they just they can't hardly keep their feet on the ground. Uh, some brides start to cry. Uh, some brides, it's just a smile from ear to ear. And some brides have no reaction whatsoever. That's four different reactions of brides. If I could say that's four different feelings that brides have. Which one of those four got married? They all did. They all did because they made vows to each other and said, I do, I will. And it was the fact and the obedience to the fact it's not the feeling that made them married. Well, I just, I just don't feel like I'm married. Guess what? You're married. We could say the same thing about salvation. I, I think some of you, when you got, some of us, when we got saved, boy, when we lifted our head after asking the Lord to save us, some of us were just, boy, I'll tell you what, that, that just feels good. There's other people that when they bow their head and trust Christ as they're saved, they're just bawling like a baby. And there are other folks that there is no reaction whatsoever. But they're all saved. Again, I say to you, in this business of facts and faith and feeling, you can do without that. Now, if you can do without that, then don't let that run your life. Again, the third truth about this principle of feelings is we dare not operate according to our feelings Um, How many times have God's people messed up because of how they felt? Eve says that she looked at that forbidden tree. And as she looked at that forbidden tree, and it was uh, good to the sight and to make one, those are all feelings. And she followed her feelings instead of following what God said she wasn't to do. I think of Isaac. Remember Isaac in the Old Testament, Genesis 27, Isaac was supposed to pass the Abrahamic blessing on to his firstborn, that's Esau. But Isaac says to Esau, I want you to go prepare me my favorite meat so that I can eat it. And then, hold on a minute, Abraham. You're going to pass on this Abrahamic blessing according to the tastiness of a meal? Folks, that's getting feelings too much mixed into what we do. And you know that Jacob, Jacob dressed up and pretended he was Esau. And he came in, his mom helped him prepare the food. It was a microwave special. And Isaac said, who is that? He said, it's Esau. (laughs) And he said, come near so that I can feel you. His head was telling him, something's not right. His feelings deceived him. I'm saying, do we dare not let feelings? We dare not operate according to our feelings. The Bible says, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Say, preacher, I'm so discouraged that my prayers aren't being answered, I guess that God doesn't care. Your feelings are deceiving you, Because the Bible says, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Someone says, you know, uh, I feel that God has turned His back on me. That's a feeling. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm so lonely. I I feel that God is so distant. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. You know, our feelings can lie to us. Our feelings can lead us astray. And we have to correct our feelings by the word of God. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, casting aside all imaginations and bringing it into captivity of the Word of God. And so we can't let feelings dictate what we do. It's sad that we've had folks leave the church. Over the years, if you ever find them and say, why'd you leave? Well, I I don't feel that anyone was my friend. Pardon? (laughs) Then maybe your feelings were messed up and mixed up. I've had some people tell me, I've just got to go. why? Because no one cares about me. That's a feeling. We need to be careful that we don't make major decisions on feeling. Don't wait to read the Bible until you feel like it. Read the Bible and watch the feeling follow. Don't wait to witness to the lost until you feel like it. Go witness to the lost and watch the feeling follow. Don't wait. (laughs) Who put that one in? Don't wait to give your tithe. Until you feel, I just, Pastor, it's a strange thing. Every Sunday, I don't feel like tithing. I do on Mondays through Saturdays, but I don't feel like tithing on Sunday. Aren't you glad that you can eat transfer seven days a week? Don't wait till you, that's for free. Don't wait till you feel like doing what God said do. Just do it and watch that feeling follow. Follow. I close with this, there was a young man that was very discouraged, he was very depressed about the problems he was going through, and his father wanted to help him through that discouragement, he said, son, have you ever gone through a tunnel, have you ever driven through a tunnel? And his adult son said, well, yes, dad, I sure have. And his, his dad said, when you were in the middle of that tunnel, did you think that the sun was no longer in the sky? And he said, well, of course not, Dad. I knew that the sun was in the sky, even though I was in the tunnel and couldn't see it. The dad said, don't you see, the facts remain the same no matter how you feel. And you need to always live by the facts and not by your feelings. And so I I can't tell your heart no more than you can tell my heart. But if you're letting feelings dictate what you do, you're in trouble. That's why John 13 17, if you know these things, these facts, happy are ye if you do them. And that's why David, when he wrote in Psalm 42, verse 5, verse 11, and Psalm 43, verse 5, he said, why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Why are you so discouraged? You're feeling should never run your life god should run your life let's pray father we thank you for this truth simple principle and lord far too many people are deciding things by their feelings far too many folks are deciding i don't know whether they'll go to church on sunday according to how they feel and they're deciding whether they'll read their bible today by whether they feel like it and they think that if i don't feel like it i shouldn't And Lord, the truth is that we ought to read our Bible every day, whether we feel like it or not. Help us not to make the mistake of letting feelings make our decisions. Help us to make the Word of God make our decisions. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.